no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the very centers. On today's show, we will preview our week two matchup against the Bucks and much, much more. What's good, Prez? Hey, Dub, I'm feeling a lot better since the last time we got on this show. The guy <laughs> here to Las Vegas, man, the weather's good vibes out here. This is what your boy Prez needed. You know what I'm saying? I had to totally flush that loss. I, I was listening to our episode from the other day. I was like, ooh, I'm glad that was over. That was a tough episode to record, bro. But other than that, I'm good, man. How you doing, bro? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there, you know. My Cubs, you know, they took a tough loss in the series, man. I saw that. <laughs> and um, I think we'll bounce back, though. But you know how it is, man. When you're in a pennant race, you know, these wins come by. They, they're very tough to get. Yeah, I don't know much about a pennant race. But a good thing we talk about football here on this show because I ain't got nothing much to add on that other part, man. My <laughs> team, they was out of it in the May. So, you know, it is what it is there. But, uh. Nah, man, I'm just glad to be back on here. Like I said, you know, the vibes, they were gone on the last episode. We bringing them vibes back today. Because guess what? We're on the cusp of our 200 episode, and I can't wait. I'm excited. The Bears, y'all better not let us down, man, because me and Ada, we want to party on Sunday. Get to call my boy Prez, Mr. 200. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> man, that'll be dope, though. That's going to be dope, man. But you're right. It'll be even better if the Bears can get a victory. Well, man, let's just jump right into it. So on the last episode, man, we we called out a lot of people. I feel like it was so many people on this team we were calling out. I'm like, who did we call out? But right. Chase Claypool was one of the guys that we really had some tough words for. And we heard he got called to the principal's office, A-Dub. He went to go visit Matt Eberflus after that week one matchup, bro. I'm glad Eberflus is holding him accountable because you and I talked about it, man. He did not perform well at all. Looks like he didn't want to be there. Looked like he didn't have the energy. It was lost, man. And it's tough to see a guy like him go through those kind of motions. But the, the point that I really liked about it was Maddie Mafus was like, look, we let's nip this shit in the bud right away. Called him into the office. He didn't disclose what they talked about, but he just said, hey, look, anything is possible. Everything is on the table at this point. Because this is my point. When I looked at that situation with Chase Claypool not blocking in those situations. Well, then if you're not going to block, then get Equinemia and St. Brown up here. Because he'll do it. He'll do it with the utmost respect for the team and take it head on. But the fact that Claypool really didn't want to do it, that's concerning. But I like how you called out Eva Fools for even taking on that challenge and saying, hey, man, we ain't going to tolerate this. It's important. Everything you do on the field, you got to do it with maximum effort. And he's pretty much put him on notice. I like that he's not going to put everything out there on the table and tell you, who's going to be up versus who's going to be down. But I feel like the writing's on the wall with Chase Claypool. I mean, you're pretty much getting called into the principal's office this early in the season. You got the media and the fan base all clamoring for an inactive guy to be elevated and for you to potentially be inactive. If you're going to have that type of performance, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And this is coming from a guy that loves Notre Dame football. 
But I don't see that Chase Claypool right now. I don't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> he just can't come to games and play that way. If you're not ready to play, you don't feel like playing, then, hey, don't waste our time, you know. Uh, fans come out to see us put on the performance. You don't know? see the team play extremely well. They're looking at everyone on the field. If you can't hold your end of the bargain, hey, again, don't show up, man. Let someone else do the job, you know, and why not? Why waste the Bears' time if you're going to play that way? So Iberfoo's pretty much saying, hey, man, we want to try to get the most out of you. I respect that part of it. But the fact that we don't even know if this guy is even going to start, that may say a lot. Because I don't know. It's just tough because, as I mentioned, man, he's got a ton of potential. It just makes you wonder, A-Dub, but the Pittsburgh Steelers really over here like, we can't wait to get rid of this guy. <laughs> and when they found a sucker, <laughs> it was like, oh, shit, we going to get a second-round draft pick? Get him up out of here. Like, I just kind of feel like that's the situation that we're in right now where I feel like we got fleeced. You're right, Perez, because when you talk about his value, people are talking about him as being, if you were to trade him, you're probably not, not going to get any more than a fourth-round draft pick. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if that. If <laughs> right. That. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Now, in the game Sunday, Kyler Gordon left the game early with a hand injury. We didn't even talk about Kyler Gordon leaving the game because we was too busy pissed off at all the other stuff that was going on. So now we get the announcement, A-Dub, officially that Kyler Gordon broke his hand and he's going to end up on the IR. That is a tough loss. You know how I feel about Kyler Gordon. And you and I already talked about him, Perez, how he's been coming along at the nickel spot. And now, all of a sudden, the injury, a setback here. And we may have to go with, you know, Blackwell. But, man, you lose a guy like Kyler Gordon. You lose a lot right there, man. And it's going to be really tough to replace him with this roster. What this move means is that he's going to have to miss at least the next four games over there. So he's eligible to return October 15th to Ado's point. Josh Blackwell is like he's going to be the next guy up in the slot. And this is something that I tweeted out earlier in the week. When the news came out, I said, this makes Tyreek Stevenson's rookie season even more important. They're going to target his side of the field even more with no Kyler Gordon over there. And you can see it coming now. But if there's anybody on this team who's ready for it, it is Tyreek Stevenson, you know. But you know he's going to get tested this year. You already know that. As we even saw last week, you know, Jalen Johnson wasn't tested much at all. So you know they're going to go in a different direction and really try to pick on the rookie. And that's what they do. You know, you want to test the guy. But I do like the, the battle with him, and I think he'll ho hopefully hold up. But he got a tough test task ahead of him, man, going to get some tough wide receivers. Another thing to note with him was he was limited participant in practice on Wednesday, nursing a hamstring injury. So we'll see what happens there with Blackwell. But more than likely, he's that next man up in that situation. But tough loss losing a guy like Kyler Gordon. Because – this is the thing, another guy from training camp that we were all high on from a lot of things that we saw. And we were expecting him to take that next step. And injuries are, these, are just these setbacks that just really take the wind out of your sails. And this was a tough one to, to find out about. And unfortunately, it's part of the game, but you hate when it hit key players on your roster. Now, something that we didn't expect to see coming was DJ Moore only having two targets in the game against the Packers. Now, we lit up We lit up Luke Getty for that. The fan base did on Twitter. He acknowledged it because he said, hey, you know what? That shit shouldn't have happened. And he said, it won't happen again. So, Ed, what did you think about your boy Luke Getty's comments when they came to DJ War? I like his comments, but knowing that, hey, people know how 
impactful DJ Moore is, everyone knows he should have got more targets. So I do applaud Luke Getz for coming out and saying it, but I don't want to hear him come out saying that again. Like, because a guy like DJ Moore, you talk about eight to 10 targets for sure. He got to get that, man. We cannot make excuses and talk about different reasons on why he did not get the football or get the targets. So, yeah, because he was kind of offering up some excuses, right? And yep. again, you know, I watched the All-22 and I said, okay, yeah, a lot of pressure was in Justin's face. And there were some times where I think Justin probably didn't allow plays to develop A-Dub. I mean, he's talked about that openly this week. I think that he was very conservative, not only in who he was throwing the football to, but I thought the play column was conservative. We know we've already talked about those things. But for me, the protection is probably one of the reasons why Lou Getze did some of the stuff that he did. Lou Getze mentioned that it was a disappointment. Well, guess what, Luke? We were all disappointed as well. The things that we saw from DJ Moore in preseason, I know it was a small sample size, but it was enough to get us all hot and bothered around here, right? Right. Week one against the Packers, I'm thinking, oh, he about to torch them. And then here comes the two targets. Here comes the talk that people talk about, oh, Jair Alexander locked up DJ Moore. No, who the fuck he didn't. We are all worse at it. That pass protection aged up, God fucking awful. It was very awful there, Perez. You didn't get the proper pass protection to try to make some deep passes. It, that was tough to do. And then the other thing you and I talked about as well were the penalties. So we didn't do ourselves any favors. You right. got that going against you. You're putting a lot of pressure on Justin Fields and also on Luke Getzey. And then you already talked about Claypool, how he was out there. So you got so many different factors that's playing a part in to your play calling. It became self-inflicting, and those kind of things are tough to work through. Well, they need to get it figured out because this is the week where you want to have DJ Moore and Justin Fields at full capacity. Because DJ Moore played the same division against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's torched this team. If you look at his career numbers, he's had his best success against the Bucks. So there's no reason for this guy to have less than 10 targets on Sunday. I mean, you talk about Jamel Dean. Carlton Davis the third. I mean, he should be able to work those guys. Jamel Dean should know very well. Like, hey, he knows that kind of work that DJ Moore had been giving him. So you're right. We got to look at film. And I think the coaching staff talked about that, of how DJ Moore performed against them in the past and utilizing all the different things that DJ Moore does well in the game. And they got to realize that, hey, DJ Moore can do multiple things. You and I already know this as well, Perez. Doesn't take a rocket side to see what DJ Moore can do. You can definitely do a lot with them, but the thing is, we got to make sure that he's getting the ball and getting those targets. Yeah, man, I think this Getsy just has to get more aggressive and more creative. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we're going to see from Todd Bowles and his defense, and we're going to get into that later when we get into the Bucks portion of this preview episode, but they love the blitz. And so if we're seeing that Justin Fields be a blitz early, then Luke Getz is going to have to, to make some adjustments. They're going to have to switch it up. They're going to have to do things to keep the Bucks guessing and to keep the Bucks on their toes. And that's where I want to see cool hand Luke at, for sure, Perez, because his play calling is a big factor in that as well. So if he's calling the same plays he called against the Packers, the predictable plays. But then Justin Fields, he also kind of chimed in on everything. And Justin Fields took accountability. And everybody's been saying, when is Justin going to take accountability? Well, he did. Because he talked about the fact that he should have taken more deep shots. 
down the field. Which down in music's all of our ears. Because there's a lot of short dink and dunk bullshit. <laughs> and the thing is, friends, I don't think any of us could have drew that up to see that many short passes, that many screen passes thrown by Justin Fields. It's good to know that you're aware that that's an option for you. But for us, we want to see you get the, the ball to the skills. So I think that's what Eberfuss is always talking about, right? You heard him recently talk about particularly DJ Moore. So knowing that that's the option for, for sure, should always be the option, you got to take advantage of that. And I'm glad the Fields realized that, hey, he missed some opportunities there. I'm quite sure he dived deep, deeply into the film section and realized that, hey, I missed some throws. I but I also think, like I said, it, it was really key to hear Justin take accountability. Remember I said on the last episode, where are the leaders? Right. Well, and in that moment, it sounded like Justin Fields was stepping up and trying to become that leader. And that's really great. Now, we just need somebody to be over there to get into Chase Claypool's head. Because my whole thing is, you ain't going to have time for people to be coddling you this season. Because NFL, not for long. Right. And I want to see Justin Fields go over to Claypool. Because I haven't seen that. You talked about last game and what the demeanor was on the bench <laughs> for the players when they were sitting down, you know. And you saw the look on their faces. And mm -hmm. I would love to see Justin Fields take their role and say, hey, guys, pull Claypool over. Hey, man, you're not giving me an effort, whatever, you know. Talk to the guy. Get him involved. Whatever you got to do. But you always talk about that leadership piece of it. That's something we got to see on the field. And with the type of playmakers that they have on this office, we should even be having this type of conversation. I think that Justin Fields needs to be more aggressive. You got playmakers. Give them a chance, man. Have faith that DJ Moore or Money Moon or Claypool can come down one of those 50-50 balls. When you look at Justin when he played under Matt Nagy, Justin Fields was ready to let that ball rip at any level of your defense. But I feel like with Lou Getze, Lou Getze does not, for some reason, call plays in a manner that allows Justin to be great. I don't know if it's a situation where he just doesn't trust the kid or what the case may be. But, it, but it's really unfortunate that that's the situation that we're in. Because, like I said, this offense, all we kept talking about this offseason is, oh, look at all this talent they brought in here. Look at this. Look at that. And then we got the same result, which I'm not going to get into that anymore. But my whole point of saying all of this to you is DJ Moore, Chase Playpool, Money Moon, Cole Komet. These are big-time weapons. Tyler Scott. Let's figure out ways to get these kids the ball. I mean, that's a good core to work with. We always cried about, hey, Justin Fields didn't have any weapons last year. We talked about right. the line last year. Well, that's not an excuse this season. That's not it, you know? And then you and I talked about last year with Justin Fields, right? One of the best things about him is that he can throw a really good deep ball. Mm -hmm. Then what the hell happened last week then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we didn't see that at all, you know? We saw a lot of, again, shrimp throws, shrimp passes, you know? Diving into this matchup, it's going to be no different for me than it was in the last game. I think a key matchup is going to be how the Bears' offensive line matches up with the Bucks' defensive line. So, <laughs> I'm not going to retrace anything, but we know how shaky things were for us on that offensive line last week. Now, last week in the trenches, we lost that battle. Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis. A lot of those dudes, <laughs> they got their lunch taken. Now, you got the Bucks coming here with Shaq Barrett and Vita Vey. We ain't got time for no repeats, eh, dude? The one person I don't really would talk about, Perez, is Chris Morgan. You got to show some improvement, right? And I think Chris Morgan, you the offensive line coach, 
you got to definitely get this line together, man, because you're a big part of that. And Perez hit on the head about the trenches. That's a big factor here. But see, this is one of the things that I fear just because this front for the Bucks and their pass rush is so formidable. What Luke Getty likes to do, we've seen this since he was in Green Bay, is he likes to use that short passing game. And this is what I have a feeling that we're going to see on Sunday. I hope we don't see it. <laughs> Bro, I hope we don't see that, man. What's, I will say this. I want my seeing the balance, right? Now, we throw some, okay, we take what the, the defense give you. But I would like to see him take some shots downfield as well. So, especially you got the matchup. You see these one-on-one matchups with DJ Moore. What are you waiting for? You see Money Moore, what are you waiting for? You got speed. You got everything you need. You got the ingredients that you want. So, take full advantage of that. So, I would hope, Perez, even with those type of matchups, that Justin Fields will be able to take some shots with those guys. Honestly, we don't need it. We will definitely need it. Now, but also at the same time, though, I don't want the team to forget about using Justin's legs. Now, not every play back there, but we saw that he was running smartly in week one against the Packers. Don't forget about the dynamic weapon that you have here. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. You're right. You got to use Justin Fields' uh, mobility, right? That's a big factor in it. But even with Justin Fields running the football, the wide receivers got to know their role as well. I think even Fools talked about that piece of the Perez and scramble drills that the wide receivers got to know where they need to be, right? In case Justin Fields decides to throw the football, you know, you know, on, on the move. So, at the end of the day, if the field doesn't take off, you wide receivers got to be in position. Be aware of where your quarterback is and make something happen in case that pass come your way. Another key matchup is going to be Justin Fields versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. Again, Justin Fields admitted his own self-dub that he was way too conservative with the football in week one. So my whole thing is this Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary that's coming in here, we got to be ready. We got to be we got to be intentional in how we <laughs> attack them. Because they got a pretty solid secondary, man. Fountain Davis yeah. III, Antoine Winfield Jr., he comes from NFL stock. Very talented backfield. However, though, <laughs> the Vikings passing game, which the Vikings pass game is, is legit, but, hey, they got some success against the secondary. And so I hope that Luke Getty and the staff are watching what the Vikings did I know we don't have a Justin Jefferson. I already get that audience. Don't even fucking come for me on that. But what I'm saying <laughs> is we have weapons. We have talent, too. And so I'm hoping that we can find a way to exploit whatever it is that the Vikings did on Sunday. Uh, the Vikings did have some success throwing that football. But you talked about, you know, Fields versus that secondary. And I know Antoine uh, Winfield, Perez, he, he's good, man, very good. So just the Fields got to be able to make some – good throws, but also know what this guy's on the field because if he blitzes, you got to be aware of what he's planning on doing. But this would be a great game for Chase Claypool to fucking get his head out of his ass. <laughs> because if we have that three-headed monster going to wide receiver, man, it's going to be great. You know what I mean? But I also want us to be able to get back to running that football, whether it's Foreman, whether it's my boy Johnson, Herbert, it, I don't care who it is. Whoever's going to run that football hard and open it up for the, the, the passing game, let's go. Let's go. This is what hurts right here, Perez. Now, I think about our offensive line, <laughs> and I think about our running backs, right? And thinking about Vita Vey, his capability, Devin White, what those guys can do, man. It's like, I'm not so sure if we can run a football effectively against them, man. Uh, based upon how our offensive line showed us last week, I'm not sure how much better you can get going against probably an even tougher, you know, 
defensive line, you know, in, in, in the Bucks. So it's going to be tough, man, to get our running game going. I mean, to the point, you know, I, I talked about Vita Bay earlier. You just brought him up a second ago. I mean, the Bucks have one of the best defensive tackles in all of the league. Makes me jealous because that's what our <laughs> defense needs. Right. And that's the difference between our two defensive fronts, where theirs is thriving and ours continues to struggle. So when you look at the Buccaneers and for what he brings to the table, he's going to be a fucking problem in the game for us on Sunday. Especially after seeing what that bullshit that the Packers did to us. <laughs> exactly. Are you feeling confident in Cody White here? Are you feeling confident in Nate Davis? You're probably not at this point yet. You're like, hey, I need to see a little bit better from these guys, man. You talk about going against a Vita Bay? Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That kind of guy right there, man, the pressure he can provide for that Bucks defense puts you in a tough spot. That hit he did on Madison, man. Yep. And the, on a goal line at that, I'm like, dude, he opened it up. This we talking about the Bears had a face against, bro. See, that wasn't even the best thing he did in that game. I, I saw when this man chased down the running back after a big game. I'm like, bro, he's 330 <laughs> pounds chasing down running backs. Like, the NFL, man, it's a, it's a scary league when you got big human beings like Vita Vey able to do the things that that guy was doing in that ball game. But what I was going to say, Vita Vey, he eats up multiple blockers, and with the fact that we know that the Bucks like the blitz. That means somebody's going to be able to come free on Justin right. Fields. We got to neutralize that blitz. Because Vita Vey is the type of guy, you know what I mean, he's going to take a couple people to try to slow him down, and you hit a good point about that blitz. Who picking it up? You talk about the running backs. You all got to be fully aware, man, when it's coming through. And I don't want nobody getting no clean shots off Justin Fields, but this is the type of game where a quarterback like him could get hurt in. That's the tough part right there. Now, I'm going to flip it to the other side for another key matchup, and it's the Bears secondary versus the Bucks wide receivers. So we already know about Mike Evans. We know about Goddard. They got some boys over there, man. And that's going to be a really difficult challenge. And I know Baker Mayfield's the, the quarterback. I poked fun of him in the past on this show. I'm not much of a believer in Baker Mayfield. But I will tell you one thing. These are probably the most talented weapons he's had to throw to in his career so far. Absolutely. I mean, you just hit on a couple of targets right there. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And you're right. They got other guys on their team. Their tight ends look good, too. And that's a handful. That's a lot to work with. If you're that quarterback, Baker Mayfield, and you can just keep things simple as they did last week, Perez, they, they didn't do anything fancy. They kept it simple. And when you got playmakers who can do things for you like those guys can, man, you in good shape. That puts a lot of pressure on my guy, Tyreek Stevenson, your guy, Jalen Johnson, who got to go out there and compete against some of the best wide receivers in the game. And we just need to rebound after what happened on Sunday. I mean, there were shit. Guys that work for UPS that was out there catching passes. <laughs> I don't even mean that. That's disrespect. But we was getting cooked by, by non-NFL receivers, if you ask me. But like I said, this is a chance for Allen Williams and his defense to rebound, to show us, hey, they're going to be a, a player for us this season because after what we saw on Sunday, man, there's not a lot of people that's got a lot of confidence in Allen Williams' defense. But that's why it's a long season, and we too – presents an opportunity for him to show us what he's made of. And I want to see if he can force this um, Bucks team to turn the football over. They, they didn't turn the football over at all against the Vikings. 
it'd be great if the Bears can force them into some of that, you know, and could possibly put the Bears in a position to probably score some points on the board. But we don't want to see the Bucs play a perfect game where they, do, they force us to make turnovers and they don't make any at all. So I think we got to win that turnover battle for sure uh, in this game here. And I hope that the Bears and Allen Williams can dial something up. And on top of that, too, you heard how I talked about how Allen Williams, for some reason, doesn't like the blitz. So if he does not do that shit again on Sunday, then that means you're going to have Baker Mayfield out there in clean pockets throwing strikes to these wide receivers that we mentioned a second ago. And that's tough in itself. You don't want to get any quarterback comfortable, Perez. I mean, we already let Jordan Love get comfortable. So if your defensive line can't apply any pressure, you're right, Perez. We may have to blitz. And I think Alan Williams had to think about that, man. We want to make some adjustments because – Boy, did we light them up on the last show about not making the adjustments or doing enough to help that defense uh, win the f- football game. So he got his work cut out of him. So, I mean, the key here is collapsing that pocket and hoping that the inconsistent Baker Mayfield, the Baker Mayfield that we have all grown to love, will show up and make a mistake that we can capitalize on. We know Iguakwe going to come out there and do his thing. He just cannot be the only one, Prez out there applying pressure that you and I talked about, you know. And I think he just – we're just going to need others to step up. Now, to the point that you just made, the Bucks' offensive line on the right side is the weak spot. That's the spot where the Bears are going to be able to potentially capitalize. You got a rookie starter in Cody Mock, Luke Gunnick, the tackle. Had a so-so rookie season last year. Well, there's no excuses. The Packers, that was one thing. We didn't get any pass rush. I was pissed off about it, but I said, okay, fine. You know what I mean? They got a decent offensive line. The Bucs, if we can't make nothing happen on the right side of that offensive line with what's going on with them, then it's really like, what the hell's going on with this defense and especially this pass rush? At the end of the day, the Bears are got to go out there and execute, press. They got to see what you just brought up right now, bro. If they don't see that and execute, man, it could be a long day, but – only way you can get to win this football game, for sure, you got to cough the head of the snake. You got to make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. 100%, man. Because, like, Tampa Bay, they're coming off of a surprising win last week. No one was giving them uh, the benefit of the doubt that they were going to beat the Vikings, but they did. And But they also didn't have much to do with Baker Mayfield. That was all because of Todd Bowles and that defense. But at the same time, though, Baker made the plays that need to be made. So my point is, going into this matchup, we got two teams here that are trying to still figure out their identities. The Bears, um, are you as bad as what last week showed? And then the Bucks, are you really that week one team or are you going to regress? And I'm hoping it's the latter. But these teams right now, <laughs> they got a lot to prove to themselves. The fact that this, that Todd Bowles got his team operating very well, they got a winner in their belt last week. I mean, you saw that field goal kick 57 yards. Yep. I mean, geesh, you know, you 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 got some – I will say they got some players on special teams, you know. And I think with that, this helps that Bucks team. And, I mean, you talk about that punter. He's very good. You got a field goal kicker. He's nice as well. I mean, they don't make many mistakes. And they didn't make a lot of them last week, Perez. So, I think for us, we well, got to force def- them. Not defensively. Offensively, Baker was missing receivers left and right. It's going to be a while to find this rhythm. So – here we go. So with this team here, man, with us, we got to figure out where they struggle with, which you already called out, and exploit that. 
You know, we got good weapons on offense. We got some solid weapons on defense. And I'm looking at our team. We talk about our defense side of the press. We look at the guys like Eddie Jackson, who didn't mm. particularly play well, that you like, hey, man, you got to come out and play better than what you did last week. Maybe get an interception on Baker Mayfield. Be that playmaker, that ball hawk, that prayers you always talk about and praise about, you know. Mm-hmm. Be that guy who you was last season. Be that. But I you forgot can't be- that guy. I forgot that guy. <laughs> he can't be who he was last week, bro. Cannot be that guy. And you know what? When I look at the injury report, right, for, for the Buccaneers, I talked about Carlton Davis a second ago. He showed up on the injury report. Opportunity right there for the Bears to kind of potentially be able to maybe make something happen with this offensive game plan. Because right there, that's a top guy in the mix for them that's down. And I really hope that the things that Luke Getty was saying ain't up weren't just lip service for the media and the fan base. <laughs> I hope these are really things that he's really trying to do. Baker Mayfield, he also made the injury report. But he was a full participant. So a lot of times when you see some of these guys pop up on the injury report, sometimes it's probably just formality. You know what I'm saying? When it's all said and done. Most of those guys will probably end up playing. But I'm going to keep my eye out on Carlton Davis. Felicia Cansey, this is a guy that you and I covered at the Senior Bowl. He showed up on the injury report with a calf injury, so we'll kind of keep keep that one monitored. But he missed the entire preseason. So, you know, that, that, that thing might be a little bit more serious than maybe some of these other injuries that we've been talking about. On the Bears side, we know Kyler Gordon ate the – we know he's in the IR, not coming back. Josh Blackwell showed up on the injury report. He slated to be the next man up in the slot. And Dylan Cole was listed as questionable. So when I'm looking at the injury report, nothing too drastic. As long as Josh Blackwell comes back, I think we'll be straight. On the Buck side, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on what's going on with Carlton Davis. But, I mean, outside of that, I didn't really see much with the injury report that made me feel like that's going to give an advantage one way or the other. For the most part, both teams appear to be, you know, fairly healthy prayers uh, going into the game. Whoever is able to pose their will can come out victorious. The last three times that we've gone down there to Tampa Bay, we have not played well. We have <laughs> lost. And you remember the last time we went down there. Because you and I were like, we cooked, man. We got cooked early, bro. Early. So that was tough to watch, man. Tough game to see our Bears go out like that. Yeah, and that, was on, that was on the Mad Nagy, too. <laughs> yeah, because I that, honestly, like, we thought last week was bad. Whatever happened, what happened in that game? Oh, my God. I was like 38 <laughs> to 3 or some shit. I was like, this shit is so fucking pathetic. It was so bad. It was over at halftime, bro. Man, if not, if not earlier than that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. I hope they did a really good job of self-scouting. I hope they did a really good job of just being open and honest with the film. People not being defensive. If you are getting the job done, man, take that shit internally. Look at yourself in the mirror. Fix what needs to be fixed. It wasn't pretty. I'm sure that had to be a very horrible film session all the way around. But however, a long season, as I keep saying here, I think we're fine. We just cannot be that same team that we saw on Sunday. We cannot show up like that. If we show up like that again, boy. This fan base is going to lose it. (laughs) 
Look, I might lose it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> With all these all-season additions? Come on, man. Come on, man. We will have an uproar about this Bears team. Well, they're wearing those orange jerseys that I love so much, so we'll see. Man, <laughs> those have never been luck. Hopefully, hopefully, the Bears can prove me wrong on those, but you guys know how I feel about those orange uniforms. You called it out last year, man. You're like, hey, hey, not the orange, not the orange. They wore them in that Cowboys game last year. That's the one I went out to. All that damn money spent to go out there and watch them get smacked in the face. The Cowboys almost put 50 on us in that game. Look, them jerseys made Dak Prescott look like a real quarterback. We know that that's not the case. It's all the jerseys. All the damn jerseys. Man, man, man. A lot going against the Bears, including those jerseys. With those jerseys on, it's going to be tough. No, I hear you. I hear you. I know some people are like, fuck the superstition. Well, fine. That's my opinion. I'm not going to say you fuck you back, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> I don't really care. Not at all. Before we get out of here, A-Dub, score predictions for week two against the Bucks. 23-20. Bucks get the victory. Ooh. A-Dub says the Bears are going 0-2. Well, Dub, you got the Bears potentially starting the season 0-2. I can't really say too much about that, man, because according to DraftKings, they have the Bucks as a three-point home favorite. So this one's going to be tough. And we know how the Bears have played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the last few times they've been down there. I'm going to have to follow you with that trend. I have the Bears also losing to the Buccaneers on Sunday. I have to score at 19-13. I just think it's going to be one of those nasty games where I think there's going to be a lot of running is going to be involved. I think Baker Mayfield's going to throw two picks. I just don't think that we're going to be able to take advantage of the mistakes that Baker Mayfield makes. So my bold prediction, Baker Mayfield throws two picks in this game, but we still lose. Ooh, two picks by Baker Mayfield. But for me, man, our offensive line just going to be tough to deal with. Even if they make small improvements, I just think small improvements is just not enough against a tough defense like the Bucs. And it's going to Test Justin Fields, and it's going to be a lot of ugliness, like you said, Perez, in this game. I don't expect Justin Fields to go out there and throw crazy yards out there because this is going to be one of those type of games where you're like, man, you're probably going to question Justin Fields of how good he is based upon this one game here, which I believe he's better than that, but this is one of those tough games to play in. And just for me, just watching the Buccaneers-Vikings game from last week, just seeing how formidable that Bucks defense looked and the turnovers that they forced, the fact that we had turnovers against the Packers and that Packers defense isn't even half the unit that the Bucs have. It just, I don't have a lot of confidence. And so 19-13, Bucs, you know what? Whichever way it goes, win lose, our 200th episode when we record on Sunday, me and A-Dub still going to have a good-ass time. Because <laughs> guess what? If we win, your boy Perez will have a couple pops in them. And if we lose, your boy Perez will still have a couple pops in them. This will be a part. Gonna be a part. Either way it go, we gonna turn up. Yep. <laughs> well, all this, hey, we appreciate you guys for listening and for helping make us a top ten Chicago Bears podcast. On to Tampa, and we are gonna talk to y'all on Sunday. Peace. <laughs>